Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. All that glitter and all that gold won't buy everything you've been bought and sold. Welcome to the new and improved Habs Unfiltered with Less Filter, hosted by Blaine Potvin, Matt Smith, and Treg Toxic Wilson. We provide you, our listeners, informative, honest discussion and entertainment about the Montreal Canadiens, hockey, and sometimes bad life advice. Stick around, we will be right back with a jam-packed and entertaining episode. of Habs Unfiltered. I'm joined with my co-host Matt Smith. Good afternoon. And I'm uh, Treg Wilson. Uh, Blaine Potvin couldn't make it again this week due to the fact he's deployed with the Ville de Quebec uh, for their uh, coronavirus uh, battle, I guess, at sea. I, I don't know. Yeah, Oplaser, um, whatever you want to call it. Oplaser, op yeah. yeah. So uh, basically they're out there in case anybody needs a hand somewhere in the ocean, I think, so... Uh, uh, but uh, Matt's with me, and Matt, you're still working. Yeah, we haven't um, stopped. Um, we just sent a uh, we just sent an aircraft up north to northern uh, Quebec. Um, lots of uh, masks, metal, medical supplies, etc. Um, basically, we're the, we're the taxi of this government right now, and anywhere they want to send us or gear they need to get somewhere, we're the ones are calling. So it's been a busy time. All right, good stuff. And I'm working from home, doing PDRs. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh anyway to get right into it the show our show this week last week we went on about defensemen uh uh alex uh, alexi romanov looks like he could possibly gonna sign with montreal it's all pretty much said but done uh the the retirement of andre markov and uh, we talked about scandal and a few other things so this week we're gonna stay in the same uh, sort of zone of the ice we're gonna talk about goaltending because something big happened with the habs this week didn't there matt I'm not going to I'm not really sure how big we're going to say that it is at this point. Um but the Canadians did go out and they um they signed uh Vasily Demchenko out of uh, the KHL. He's a 7-year or 7-year KHL vet. Uh played for two different teams this year. He played for uh Tractor and Metallurg. Uh, I he, he was in 36 games, I believe. Didn't play for the greatest teams, so his stats aren't they're, they're, they're backup stats, in my opinion. But you look at his stats from uh, from uh, previous seasons, and uh, from 16-17 to 18-19, he had a 9.31, a 9.32, and a 9.33 save percentage. No, I can't argue with that. That's So so it's not – the numbers are there. He has a, he has a smaller goal. He's 6 foot, and he's only uh, 165 pounds. So, you know, and, and as we know, gone are the days that uh, you can walk out and you can be like a four-foot goalie and have, you know, three feet of pads on, right? 
So Old Darren Pang and Arthur Zerbeck. <laughs> absolutely. So so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how he's gonna bring his game to the um, to the NHL level or possibly the AHL level. We don't know where he's gonna play as nothing's been promised to him. And um, you know as as we all know that the KHL is more or less a step it's a step up from the AHL, step below the NHL. And um, he's got. KHL experience. He's got seven seven seasons, as I said, under his belt. And he's only 26 years old. And he's only 20. And he's only 26 years old. So the kind of the sky is the limit for this guy. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go out and say that this guy is going to be the next great Montreal Canadiens goaltender. But if he surprises me, then I'm happy with that as well. It's a, it's a cheap contract. It's a one year deal. If it pans out, it pans out. If it doesn't, it's a seven hundred thousand dollar deal, and he moves elsewhere. Uh, yeah, uh, I said tweeted out when I first signed. I, I, I don't think it's a bad signing. His save percentage was pretty good in the KHL. Uh, however, it's not the answer. Um, the surprise element of this signing is the fact that uh, it kind of adds a goaltender to a mix of goaltending that you didn't really need. That's right. Um, so last year we had uh, Keith Kincaid signed by, by the Canadians, and I know I've talked about it on the show that I thought Keith Kincaid would be an upgrade to Ante Niemi, uh, at least from last the Ante Niemi from the year before, uh, or the year that uh, his last year with Montreal, <clears throat> and it turned out he was a disaster. Um, he went to the AHL, and that created an issue in the AHL because he had Lindgren, Primo, McNevin. And so when he went down, Lindgren came up, and you still create an issue because now you have a guy, Michael McNevin, who had nowhere to go. Uh, so he went to Adirondack, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up playing with three different teams in the ECHL, Adirondack. Uh, oh, crap. Wait for Jacksonville and Norfolk. Jacksonville and uh, Norfolk. Yeah. Norfolk? Yeah. Yeah, Norfolk. And uh, – he played very well for Adirondack and Jacksonville. However, he only played like 14 games. And then another five or six games with... Uh, they only ended up playing 22 games all year last year. Yeah. Uh, and for a guy like McNevin's level, now we have to find out with Demchenko there, you now have this third goalie once again in Laval, maybe Laval. Even if he does the NHL, you have Lindgren down there. And we already know Primo is pretty much Primo is pretty much going to be the number one goalie in Laval. Absolutely, at least that's what he should be. So where does that leave McNevin? So before we get into McNevin, I'm just going to have my quick say on Keith yep. Kincaid. I agree with you that I believe that he was going to come in and be an improvement to an Antiniemi. He had uh, 41 games under his belt last season in uh, the 18-19 season for the Devils. Uh, he was traded to the Blue Jackets, never saw action with the Blue Jackets, and then signed as a free agent with the Canadians. Cheap contract, but it just it never worked out. And the the thing that I'm going to remember about Kincaid is more his his tweets than his performance on the ice, and that's and that's not a, it's not that's not really a good thing. So with the Canadians, like he was uh, he was just atrocious. He really was, and. Um, he was sent down to the American Hockey League, as you said. It caused this logjam. He got 13 games in under his belt in the AHL, and he won three of them. And this is a team that we've seen 
under Joel Bouchard starting to play with a little bit more edge or we're seeing uh, a little bit more skill-based approach as opposed to the, uh, you know, fight, fight, fight. That's all we do because, you know, that's what the team used to be. So, so right now with, uh, with Kincaid being down there for as long as he was and them giving him the opportunity that they, that they offered him, he just didn't take it by the horns. And you can't you can't say that they didn't give him that chance, but you can only give him so many chances that you need to give games to Caden Primo. You need to give games to what ended up being Michael McNevin when they sent Kincaid down to uh, or they sent him to Charlotte. And the only reason that happened is we had a goaltending emergency in uh, Carolina. And obviously we've got that famous game where you've got a Zamboni driver comes in and wins a game against the Leafs. Who's now a hockey hall of fame hero for some Absolutely. Reason. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but I'll go, I'll get into McNevin. Um, it was a guy that came into the Canadian system. He was an undrafted player, uh, was OHL goalie of the year. It really added to a strong crop of goaltending for the Canadians. Um, as you touched on, he played 22 games in the ECHL this year. He had uh, three shutouts. And then um, he finally got his chance to come up to the AHL. And mind you, you know, coronavirus kind of hit and kind of derailed that. But uh, he played very well in the AHL. He went 3-0. and And um, the unfortunate thing is with them now bringing in Demchenko, and you've got Lindgren as well, who's a fringe, you know, a fringe NHLer at best, in my opinion. It's there's a, there's a logjam there that's that's now been created, and uh, I think McNiven's unfortunately going to be the odd man out. He's a restricted free agent. I just can't see him seeing that they never they never gave him an opportunity this year. I can't see them bringing him back. And they've got uh, that Connor Lecouve. They've got him as well in the AHL. Yeah, but, he's he's more, but, he, but he's more of an ECHL guy. He's playing in Maine, Lecouve. Um, yeah. I think he's playing with the... Uh, but I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, the, the, uh, Demchenko doesn't create a logjam. The logjam was always there. But yeah. we, I, I always thought with the... Uh, uh, with Kincaid leaving, it alleviates that logjam... And we're going to get into this later, but I didn't see Lindgren. Lindgren didn't come up to the NHL and cement himself as the backup in the NHL where people are going, oh, okay, we're all right with the backup. We're okay. We don't need to go out and get a, a free agent uh, next year because Lindgren's going to be our guy. Um, I know many fans are hoping Primo will come up and be that backup goalie, but I think Primo needs a year, maybe in two years, of a uh, number one goalie in Laval before he... I mean, my belief, and I've said this on many shows, is I think you need to dominate or excel in the league below before you move to the next league up. And uh, I'm Primo's played very well. He was 33 games. He had a you know 908 save percentage. He you know he played very well for uh, Laval. He was inconsistent at times. Uh, he had three shutouts, but he played very well, and he played very well in his two games in uh, Montreal. Um, however, he's not NHL ready in my opinion, and I think he needs another year of a good as a starter in Laval before you can evaluate whether or not this guy is ready to come to the NHL. And so with Lindgren still signed through next season, 
Uh, yeah, McNevin's the odd guy out. He's an unrest- he's a restricted free agent. The Habs don't have to sign him if they don't want to. And uh, I just don't see it happening, especially with the signing of uh, Demchenko. So I, I agree. And and <clears throat> you know we'll, we'll get into Primo really quick. He gave this he gave the Canadians a chance to win both games he played this year. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of maturity in his game. We see a lot of poise in his game. And he's got um, he's got the size to be an effective goaltender. Um, a seventh round steal by the Canadians back in 2017, and yep. now one of their top prospects, in my opinion. I, gonna... I I always said I think he's gonna he looks right now to be the heir apparent to Carey Price. It seems so, that way. Uh, I'm I mean. Don't quote me on that. I'm not saying he will be, uh, but it seems like he, he's projecting that way. And a lot of uh, experts tend to agree with that sentiment. Like uh, uh, he uh, came out of nowhere. You're right. He was a seventh round pick. Now, mind you, goaltenders don't normally get picked very high anyway when it comes to drafting. That's true. Um, but uh, for a seventh round pick, one of the last picks in the draft, actually, he uh, – he really came in and 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 he's and he kind of stole jobs from say Lindgren and McNevin. He kind of pushed McNevin. He, he pushed Zach Vukali right off the team, that's and right. then uh, and now McNevin's the next guy that's kind of getting pushed out of the way. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It just means we're kind of well. It's not a bad thing. It's a great thing because Montreal has a depth besides State Prima. They have a depth of okay goalies, like a depth of maybe career AHL fringe NHL goaltenders. Now my, I personally don't believe Lindgren's an NHL goalie. Um, so I mean, he's not the answer. Demchenko's not the answer. I think Demchenko to me is a little bit of an upgrade to Lindgren. Uh, I'm, I haven't really seen him play, so I'm only going by stats. Uh, however, I just find Lindgren has terrible rebound control and he can't, he always loses the puck. Well, doesn't always, but he very easily loses the puck. And at the NHL level, you just can't have that. You can't do that. that that's what killed Kincaid with Montreal was his rebound control. It was it was terrible. And, uh, I mean, when you're leaving fat rebounds out in the slot, you're going to get scored on. Absolutely. And I found with Lindgren, I was never watching every game he played. It, it looked like, except maybe one game, it looked like he was fighting. The, it looks like he fights the puck the whole game and he easily in a scramble loses the sight of the puck. He doesn't know where it is. And you just can't do that at the NHL level. You can't do that at any, at the AHL level or any level. But so I wouldn't even be surprised if maybe Lindgren gets traded as well. And you lose McNevin and Lindgren. Um, that way you have, uh, Denchenko and, uh, primo in the in the ahl although i don't think demchenko came over to play in laval i think he wants to play in montreal even though i don't see it being realistic um so it's really it's an odd situation in montreal right now with the goaltending because there's so many questions and there's so many there's no one in there besides primo who you really look as going hey you know, we don't need to we don't need to sign anyone because we got this guy and Primo's just not there yet. He's not ready. Maybe next year or the year after. I agree. So um, my touch on Charlie Lindgren is much like yours. It seems that every year, you know, they sign him to a contract extension, and it seems like every year he's he's there, 
but they're not confident that he can back up Price. And even though we signed to a team-friendly contract and that he will be back with the team next year, at least on paper right now, if they haven't given him the opportunity at this point, I don't think they're going to give him the opportunity in the future. Um, they're going to look for a goalie that can shelter Carey Price and help him help, help him win. And as you said, right now in the Canadian system, they don't have a goalie that can do that. They can provide you solid starts, give Carey Price a break, and make it so he doesn't have to play um, multiple backup or back-to-back games. Like Price put up 58 games this year. Um, he he was he was up and down, but you could tell that there were some games that he was. He was a little, he was a little worn out. He's a little bit tired, especially some of these games that he was, you know, really standing on his head and keeping his team in it. And right now with uh, Charlie Lindgren, as you said, he's, he, he's, he's, he's a goalie that will make a big save, and we know that he can make some of these big saves. But then the puck comes right back up the ice, and he lets in a soft one, or he mishandles the puck, or he's out of position, or there's just, he's, he's. You know, I, I set my sights kind of high on him. He was another undrafted guy that um, they got out of St. Cloud State. Um, made his debut in the 15-16 season. And and now we're looking at 2020-2021. He's still with the organization. He still hasn't had it in him. And the organization hasn't seen it in him to be able to make the jump into the NHL. Even in the AHL, he never shone. He, like his numbers actually in the NHL are better than his AHL numbers. That's true. He had one. And, uh, he had one good year, which is his first year in the AHL. He he had a pretty solid year. Uh, but I mean, other than that, his AHL save percentage is around 889, 890. Like he doesn't yeah. even really have a 900. And now the NHL, he's 903, I believe. But uh, he's not. Uh, like when he first came up to Montreal and played those few games and he got a shutout or something like that and he played well in his first season with the Montreal, I think he played 12 games or something or whatever he played there two seasons ago. Uh, I thought maybe, maybe this guy could be a quality backup. Like, you know, we're going back to, you know, the old days. But uh, to me, he's like uh, uh, Keith Kincaid showed the same thing. If we want to keep talking gold, Keith Kincaid would make up the big save. And you're like, wow, what a save. Like, how did he get that? Like, this guy's whatever. And then the next goal, you're like, how the hell did that go in? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. It was very where frustrating. Where did that come from? It was very yeah. frustrating to watch him. Um, and I know sitting at home, you know, get home from work, put your feet up. You just want to relax, watch the game. And they announce the starters for the game and it says, you know, they say Keith Kincaid and you're just like, fuck. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, I just I just we're going to overtime. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't have any. I just didn't have the confidence in him. It started out. It started out strong. But, you know, performance after performance, it was just like, let's just get this game over with. Hopefully the team hopefully the team in front of them comes to play. And I found the same with Lindgren. I, I think there was one game uh, where I, I watched and I thought he played a real solid game all the way through. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I was kind of like, all right, Lindgren's getting the start tonight. And I was like, well, who are we playing? And then I was like, oh, well, I guess we'll chalk that up as a loss. <laughs> and, and that's true. Like, I, yeah. I would just sit there and say, I guess we'll chalk that one up as a loss and carry on. Um, there was one game in particular, and I don't remember who they played, but he just seemed like he was swimming in the net. 
And I remember like he lost like multiple pieces of equipment and all that kind of <laughs> stuff on the save. And I'm <laughs> we, just like, dude, we made a commercial about that. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, my my god, buddy. He like, lost his trapper or something like that, and then he. It's just and. I remember that game, and that's the game because I think we were talking about it on uh, uh, DMing about it on Twitter, and we were just yeah. like, "What's going on here?" Like, you know, yeah, it's not, and 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 yeah, it's just so. And, and that's the issue with Montreal right now is, like I said, besides Primo, and Primo's not ready. There's no goalie in there that you can back in the system that you can sit there and go. No, there's not. I'm confident with that guy that he could get us 10 to 15 wins in a season. Or I'm confident that, like, uh, if we go back to the year Price get injured when we had Mike Condon. Yep. Mike Condon played well enough when Price wasn't injured. He did, yeah. he got injured, you were kind of thinking, hey, wait a minute, Mike Condon might be able to do this. You know what I mean? If, yep. Of course, at the time, we thought Price was only going to be out for maybe a month. Yeah, and, that uh, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then... You started watching him, and you're kind of like, eh. I mean, he was still better than Kincaid and uh, Lindgren. Yeah. But, uh, and then the whole Ben Scrivens for Cassian thing happened, and then you're just kind of like, all right, well, this season's over, and it's only yeah. Christmas. So, uh, but uh, there's no confidence in any goaltender in the system right now behind Price. No, there's not. And before we, uh, before we jump into our next uh, part of this segment... I just want to bring up um, the logjam, and I don't think we're going to find that there is as much of a logjam this season because I don't think they're going to push themselves into a situation where they're going to sign somebody like a Kincaid that is going to lose the job. And, and, and if they do, they're they're going to learn from their mistake, and they're going to make sure that uh, Caden Primo is the one that's getting the quality starts in Laval. He's going to be the future. He's going to be the guy in Montreal possibly one day, or at least as a backup role to carry price. So I can't see them signing somebody, sending him down and then say, okay, well, we're just going to give you a chance down here. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I like Demchenko didn't come over to play in the ECHL. He's not going to get bumped out and you don't want to see, um, either him or Primo in the press box for a maybe for a fringe NHLer. So I think Lindgren, in my opinion, is going to be out the door. Yeah, it's a question: is what do you get for him? He hasn't proven. It's it's, it's it's hard to say. Like as I said, he's a he's a fringe NHLer in my opinion yeah. at best. But he's and, under a good um, contract. He's only seven hundred fifty thousand. Absolutely. So he and, might go to a team that needs a little bit of depth to the goaltending position, or yeah. he might even go to the AHL or stay in the AHL, but go to a team that maybe needs a little bit more strength in that position. Right. But um, in in Montreal, I just I don't see if the team, as I said, if the team hasn't given him that vote of confidence, I can't see it happening next year. And that's kind of a segue into the next part of this segment is unrestricted free agents that the Canadians could possibly jump on for a year or two that could take some pressure off Carey Price, take some pressure off the team, and get this team some wins at the backup position. Well, I'll I'll start this one off there, Matt. Okay. Um, so the UFAs, 
for uh, the NHL this year for goaltending is probably the biggest UFA in goaltending I've seen in a very long time because it seems like everybody's available. Um, so uh, if you look, there's some big names in there that will not be coming to Montreal whatsoever, like uh, Brayden Holpe and uh, guys like that. So you you look at the free agents that are out there, and I think what you got to look at, I mean, you have uh, Brayden Holpe, Corey Crawford, Robin Leonard, Craig Anderson, just some of the big names that are starting goaltenders that are free agents this year. So you can cross them right off the list right now because, A, you're going to end up paying too much money for them. And B, they're probably going to want to start a position, not, not a backup position. Now, if Montreal was contending for the cup and they only needed that extra goaltender to maybe win a cup, maybe you see these guys sign a one-year deal hoping to get their name on the Stanley Cup. But Montreal's not in that position. Um, so the, the people available that I think Montreal might go after is uh, you have Jimmy Howard who had a stellar season this year. <laughs> it was, it was honestly, I, I'm surprised <laughs> that there's not as many people talking about him in terms of the Vesna. <laughs> he reminded me of a 1980s backup goalie. He really did. Cause his stats scream 1980s goaltending. <laughs> um, but so, but so did the team, but so did the team stats for the, for the Red Wings too. Yeah. Uh, 420 goals against average and 882 save percentage. And he had two wins, probably both of them against Montreal. So, probably. uh, I, actually, I Jonathan know. Bernier is like fucking kryptonite for the Canadians this year. I don't know. He always, just... he always has been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you have, uh, other, so uh, the guys I have, you have Jimmy Howard, Jacob Markstrom, Craig Anderson, Thomas Grice, uh, Yaroslav Halak and Anton Kabodin. Uh, Kadobin. I always say his name wrong. <laughs> and then you have a couple lesser guys like Condon, Elliot, Mike Smith, Louis Deming, yada, yada, yada. Now we're getting down. Ryan Miller, if you want to sign a 40-year-old. Yep. Um, so, Hopi, Crawford, Leonard can take right off because they're all going to want starting a job somewhere. Or at least a 1A, 1B uh, situation. Correct. Uh, Craig Anderson, he's probably going to stay in Ottawa. He'll sign. Or, he's 39. He'll sign a one-year contract in Ottawa just to stay there because Ottawa really doesn't have anyone coming through the system that's no, ready to, to go right now. And Ottawa in another couple years, especially after this draft, is going to be a team to watch. I don't care what anyone says. Um, my my bet's on Jacob Markstrom. He's a 30-year-old goaltender. He played 43 games, 918 save percentage with Vancouver. Uh, the only uh, con against him is – is Vancouver willing to let him go uh, and give Demko the Demko the uh, the net, or do they sign him for a couple more seasons? Now, in my view, you're going to want to sign a goaltender of this caliber, uh, Markstrom, Grice, Halak, or whatever is probably going to want at least a two-year contract, especially the little bit of older ones like uh, Kadobin and Halak and maybe Grice because they're around 34. <clears throat> going on 35 for next season, 34, 35. And also you have to look at is you kind of would rather, I would rather have Primo in the AHL in the 21, 22 season when they do the entry level draft. Cause then all you got to do is protect one goalie and you have to protect price. Cause he has a no trade clause. So 
or no move clause, one or the other. And uh, so he's automatically protected. So you don't want Primo to be left unprotected. So for me, I think he spends the next two seasons in the AHL regardless. And plus 21-22 is the last year of his entry-level contract, and then he can sign his uh, first contract, and away you go as the backup. Uh, I'm looking at Markstrom or Grice as a, as capable backups to carry Bright Price. They both can play 30 games if they, you need them to be, and they both can you can feel comfortable with them in. Uh, Markstrom 9.18 save percentage, Grice 9.13 saves, 23-16 games respectively. Both of them are making around three and a half million dollars this year. They probably won't want much more than that next year as a as a free agent. Mind you, in Montreal, you got to pay a little bit mother more. And you also have to remember in Montreal, you're paying already paying price ten and a half million. You don't want fifteen, sixteen million dollars tied up into your gold hitting. Absolutely. So, so you're gonna want a cheaper guy now. I'll turn it over to you because I know you have some guys that you want to bring up that are actually cheaper than the guys I brought up. So maybe they'll, they'll go your way. So I'll, um, I'll, I'll start with uh, Hudobin, as you were saying. Yeah. A very capable backup in the last few seasons. And um, he uh, he kind of he's, – he's bounced around a little bit. He's been, with, uh, he's been with Minnesota. He's been with Boston. He's been with Carolina. He was with Anaheim. Back with Boston. Now he's with Dallas. And um, – it was his last season in Boston that he kind of got on the map. He played 31 games for them, uh, 16 wins, and it kind of left the door open for him to uh, to go elsewhere, and he, he found a home in Dallas, and he's, he's played very well there. Um, his first season with Dallas, he had 41, uh, 41 games, uh, 923 save percentage, and this year um, before the uh, – coronavirus cut the season short he had 30 games under his belt and 16 wins 930 save percentage and a 2.2 goals against average this is the guy in my opinion if he's available and the price is right for a two-year contract this is the guy that you're going to target he's only making two and a half he only made two and a half last year in dallas that's right and even if they had to give him a little bit more of a raise which i would be prepared to do for him this is a guy that can get you those, say, 25 games behind Gary Price, and he's going to give your team a chance to win. Well, well, to me, three and a half million is a good price for capable backup, especially one that's going to play around 30 games. Yeah. So I'd I, say I so. have no, I have no issue with that. Um, so. And then, so the second guy that I'm going to talk about, you already brought him up. He played with the Montreal Canadiens in the past. He knows the fans. He knows the building. He knows the energy that building can bring. And that's uh, Yaroslav Halak, who has been with Boston the last two years, and he's been dynamite for the Bruins. Uh, 40, ga- 40 games last year, 31 so far this year. 18-6-6 um, 18, 18, six six is his record this year. He's got three shutouts with a 9-19 save percentage. This is another guy that can come in, and he can play 30-plus games for the Canadians, if need be. If price goes down with an injury, you know, knock on wood that it doesn't happen. This is a guy that can come in, give him, uh, give him a night off, give him a couple nights off if need be, and um, be a guy that can be a difference maker. And as you said, he's uh, 34. He'll be 35 in a couple weeks. 
you know, a two-year contract for him isn't isn't out of the realm of possibility. And I think a lot of uh, Canadians fans would really embrace it. It's just, does he want to come back to a team to play behind the guy that they replaced him with? So yeah. it, it's 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 hard to, it's hard to say. Um, will, I, I, I would welcome I would welcome welcome him back, and I know there's a lot of people that still have Halak jerseys. <laughs> it's just Byron would have to give up his number, so maybe there'd be a Rolex situation in there or something, but we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting because I, I I think that's kind of petty if you say I'm not signing with you because I'm not playing behind because I think Halak Halak knew when Price came in, Price was the the air guy going forward. Yeah. But let's be realistic. He was drafted fifth overall. He was drafted to be the, and when he came in, he, he literally won, just won the Calder took, uh, Hamilton. It was at Hamilton at the time, yep. took them to the Calder cup. Yep. Single handedly. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I think, you know, Halak had the experience and he, he, he won the crowd over in that playoffs where they went to the uh, semifinals. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think if how I, I have no issue with how I have no issue with any of these guys that we talked about really coming in because they're going to be a hell of a lot better than what we've had the last few years. Absolutely. And uh, it's going to, like you say, I just I just want someone who back in the like, I guess I'm, I'm going back in the old days when you had Patrick Waugh and Brian Hayward. You mm-hmm. knew it when Brian Hayward come in. The odds are you're going to win the game. Yeah. You know, you still had a good Mind you, Montreal had a much better team back then. But. Uh, or the days of uh, you know Jocelyn Thibault and Andy Moog. Like you knew that both goalies were going to push each other and you're going to win games. Um, so, but we haven't really had that. Uh, and I mean, for a while there, the NHL with, went to the one goalie in the backup, which is some guy that sat on the bench, like in the days of Jose Theodore and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we, you know, we went through the you know the Jeff Hackett, Cristobal Huey years. Um, but now we're in a, in, a, in a situation where the Montreal Canadiens are this close, and you can quote me here, they're only a few pieces away from being a contending team. And one of those pieces is a quality backup. I agree. And, and uh, that's something that's really held them back the last few years. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, if you look at, uh, not this year, but the year before, they're 96 points. If Niemi just won two more games, they're, they're a 100-point team. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I think back to the game in Tampa when they had a four one lead and lost five four. And yeah. Miami just looked terrible in the third period. Yeah, if yeah. they won that game, they're in the playoffs. So that's I mean, people look at a backup goal and think, well, we won the Stanley Cup with Andre Rassico. Yeah, but you know, you had Patrick Waugh. <laughs> yeah. And you had a much you had a much better Montreal team and every, and that year in ninety three, all the top teams got put out. <laughs> yeah. On their road to uh, to the Stanley Cup. I mean, I'm being honest. I mean, Pittsburgh got put out. Toronto got put out. St. Louis got put out. Uh, you know, all these top teams. Boston got put out. So, you know, it's just it it's kind of a road, a path. And Patrick Waugh took that playoffs on on his own. Not saying Carey Price can't do that, but Montreal doesn't have the team now that they had then. Uh, and it's totally different era or totally different style of hockey absolutely uh, and maybe when we find out about the draft and when that when that's going to happen and how it's going to happen and uh if the season's going to still 
continue and well the interesting thing about if, the it, season, if it doesn't <laughs> what happens july 1st when all these contracts are over i guess they just be an extended contract i guess that's the only thing that i can think of they're talking about playing in july and i'm thinking well can taylor hall play in july for arizona when his contract's done on the first of july well, that's what that's what you're going to fall. That's going to fall into a lot of a lot of situations. Right. Um, the thing that kind of yeah. stuck with me was obviously um, conditional draft picks. Yeah. If the, if there's no playoffs, how, how can there be conditions on some of these picks? And if they do cancel the season, what happens to these draft picks? Because yeah. who's who knows that, you know, I, I'm not like I'm speculating, of course. But say if you had a draft pick that you traded to Washington that could go up to a second. Well, Washington's a good team. That pick could have turned into a second-round pick. So where where does had, that go? Yeah, especially if it was like, like if they make it to the second or third round, this is a second-round pick, and then Absolutely. all of a sudden there's no playoffs. That's right. Yeah, but this is a, a totally different topic. Absolutely. <laughs> We're a totally different show. <laughs> but 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 speaking about the draft though, and and about goaltending, uh, the Canadians have three second-round picks. There's a chance that um, we might not even see them go after a UFA, and they might uh, they might strike a deal. They might uh, package a a player, or a prospect, or a, a, yeah. a package of picks or something, and, and get somebody that's already on a team. Yeah, I know. Uh, when we talked about goaltending before a few shows ago, um, we talked about UFA goaltending. Uh, Blaine brought up uh, Jake Allen in St. Louis. Yeah, and how Montreal may trade for Jake Allen take that because uh, right now he's kind of a bad contract for st louis because bennington is the number one and he's getting paid like a number one yeah take that bad contract <clears throat> and have him as the backup and and, take allen's, allen. and allen still has good numbers yeah he'd be a quality backup for montreal yeah and i think so, he's got i think he's got two years left at four four season i believe something like that something like that but montreal but i mean like i say when you have jordan bennington playing 50 games yeah, you're paying four million dollars for this guy. I mean, that's not terrible backup money, but uh, like if you look at Markstrom and Grice, three point three and three point six, but they're getting paid to be a one A one B type goalie. So yeah, and they're playing one A one B type stuff. Well, Grice wasn't, but uh, Markstrom was. Yeah. And uh, but that that wouldn't be a bad move at all. That that's I wouldn't have an issue with that either. Taking a bad contract too. But if if you want to talk about bad contracts, you want to think about something funny. Steve Mason. When they got Joel Armia, yeah, they brought Steve Mason, and now if you think about it, he probably would have been a better fit than Keith Kincaid. <laughs> Do you know what he he may have been, to be completely <laughs> honest. So you kind of bought a guy out without even giving him a try, and then because you thought this guy was going to be the next best thing, and Steve Mason could have been the guy that uh, might not have been. We don't know. I'm speculating. Yeah. I'm just guessing. But yeah, and that's one guy that just totally fell off the map. Yeah. Just absolutely fell off the map. And, um, you know, first season, 10 shutouts. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know help Canada win gold, I think, in the World Juniors. I believe he did. He won did, the gold yes. team? Yeah, 2008. Yeah. I believe, yeah. Yeah, I believe they won gold that year. Yeah. Yeah. So then all of a sudden it was who? Connor Hallibuck yeah. showed up and Steve Mason was a afterthought. Yeah. Well, that's our show. Yep. That's all we have to say. Uh, As a a final uh, say, I just want to say, as a guy from Nova Scotia, Blaine's also from Nova Scotia, with the uh, terrible, terrible stuff that went on last week, 
Uh, I just want to say our thoughts are out to everyone uh, who was involved. I don't know if you listen to the show and if you do, if you don't and whatever, it doesn't matter. But to anyone involved, anyone who knows anyone that was involved, uh, our thoughts go out to, to, to you and your families and your loved ones. Uh, stay, stay safe, stay close to your families and, uh, no, you know, stay Nova Scotia strong. Yeah, that's well said. Um, you know, I, I grew up in New Brunswick, so obviously Nova Scotia is right there. I spent a lot of time there. It's a beautiful province and it's a shame that something like this and this magnitude had to happen in such a beautiful area. And, uh, you know, it's always shocking when we hear it, especially in Canada. Um, and, uh, yeah, my condolences go out to the families as well and to uh, anybody that was involved. And hopefully we'll get to the bottom of uh, why this happened, um, find some ways to prevent it, and learn from it. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, hopefully time will be able to heal those wounds that uh, that this person, uh, you know, uh, put on these families. Yeah, and, and at a time where we're already uh... – in a pandemic with this coronavirus, uh, it was just something that uh, on just piled on top of a bunch of other crap. Absolutely, that we, we really didn't need to deal with. So yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. So hug your loved ones, stay close, stay safe. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining me this week. Oh, you're very uh, welcome. We had some technical difficulties. So the show's getting out a bit late, but we're we're going to get it out as soon as possible. I mean, well, you're listening to it, so <laughs> it's obviously going to be out. Uh, thanks for. Uh, we'll join. Uh, I'll see you again next week. I'll have my Toxic Tuesday on Tuesday, and hopefully maybe we'll get something from Blaine to put on the show uh, within the next couple of weeks. Anything else from you there, Matt? No, I don't think so. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening, as always. Um, make sure that uh, you subscribe to Habs Unfiltered. Follow us on Twitter. And um, if you like what you hear, give us a rating as well. Um, it's always great to see those uh, those stars going to the yeah. right. Yeah, and... <laughs> And if you have a comment or anything like that, I know someone last week put a comment about Markov and retiring his number. Great comment. Great uh, discussion. You, you weren't wrong. You didn't disagree. Just, well, I guess we kind of did, but we're not totally against you. Like, it's not going to hurt us because uh, he didn't think that they, that he thinks they should retire the numbers. And, hey, sure, I'm okay with that. But it's not, it's not something I think that should be done anymore. You know, the, uh, more, the more discussion that we can have with our listeners after you guys listen to our show, the better. And yeah. we encourage it. And we'll bring it up on the next show. If you have questions, uh, DM one of us or just make a little note in our in a, either at Habs Unfiltered, at uh, Snakebite350, at Treg33, or at uh, – was it Blaine underscore THW? It's like Blaine Potvan underscore the Hockey or t- Writers or something. The Hockey yeah. Writers, THW, yeah. yeah. He's kind of a big uh, It's deal, new, huh? it's new, and my memory's the shit. So um, <laughs> this asks us one of the questions, and, and we'll try to get it on the show. Okay, so uh, Matt, you have a good rest of the weekend. You too. All right, and we'll talk again next week. Hey, what's that over there? I don't know, man. It looks like a, it looks like a chalk strap. What's a jockstrap doing up in the concourse? I don't know. Let me check. It it says C. Lindgren on it. Weird. Man, are you always getting digged out and losing your gear? If so, you should download the new app, GearFinder.com. We'll put microchips in all your gear, so when that guy digs you out on a simple play, you'll find your gear later, and not some dudes in the crowd. Hey man, I should take this home to my wife. She might like it.
maybe she can find your gear too. Well, we'll download the app and we can help Charlie Lindgren out. <laughs> yeah, help me! Yeah! Go it over, guys! Gearfinder.com for all your lost gear needs. And that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.